This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about settlement solutions, litigation, mediation, and structured financial security from Ringler, the largest and most experienced company of settlement consultants in the United States. Ringler has been helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by American General, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, we all know how technology impacts every aspect of our lives, both personal and professional. And with innovation happening so fast, it's imperative that we stay up to date. So to discuss how technology is impacting the legal profession, we've invited someone who's really in the know. Dennis Kennedy is not only an author, a lawyer, a law professor, and award-winning legal technology and innovation advisor, he also co-hosts his own podcast on Legal Talk Network. Sounds like you're one of my competitors, Dennis. <laughs> Welcome to Ringler Radio. Great to have you on board. Oh, it's great to be on, Larry. So, Dennis, tell us, how did you first get interested in the legal technology field? Well, I have some friends from uh, law school who always say that I was the computer guy uh, in, in, in law school. But I think it really stems from an ongoing interest uh, and, and then my interest in the Internet as well. I was one of the first lawyers with a website. I actually did document assembly when I was in a, had an estate planning practice back in 1990. So it's always been around. And I, I wrote technology columns for Lawyers Weekly USA and for the American Bar. Journal and have, have been involved in the application of technology to the practice for uh, for many many years. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, in the legal business, as in most businesses, of course, communication is key. So, what's out there, Dennis? What are the newest and most helpful trends to help improve communications, especially among lawyers? Well, I think what's old is is new, really, in communication. It's sort of like the our infrastructure now, the the bandwidth that we have. All those things have kind of combined to help us, and a lot of it's low price. So the online conferencing um, is is very possible. And there's a number of, of resources that people use. Uh, people are used to using FaceTime on their phone. And so, this, you know, we used to like speculate when the video phone was actually going to come. And it kind of came without any of us noticing it. And so that, so you see the online conferencing. And there's some really cool collaboration tools, uh, primarily used in business, but you're starting to see them elsewhere, like Slack and Microsoft Teams. There's sort of like a, uh, a way that people can can instant message each other uh, while they're working on projects. And those are probably the big two areas. I don't think it's like a brand new thing. I mean, we're not talking about uh, holograms and, you know, that sort of that sort of thing yet. But I think I think what's happened is the technology has become so much better and we're all used to it. Well, it has. It's It's been a tremendous jump in technology. I was telling my grandson who's going to college this fall and he has a girlfriend that's going to college in a different place. Back in my day, you'd write letters to each other. You'd stand in the hallway at the payphone and get embarrassed by the conversation. Today, they have FaceTime. They can go on text. They can text or uh, all of that. It's a lot different world, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. And and we're used to this thing with uh, texting where if you send somebody a text, you can see where they're actually working on the text back and you see like the little bubbles there. <laughs> you, you, so you're like ready to, to hear from them. And if you don't see that, you kind of wonder what's going on. I think he's waiting to see one of the little hearts, you know. <laughs> well, you know, Dennis, the cost of doing business is always a critical element of uh, profitability in any business. So how is technology helping to reduce costs in the legal sphere? How's that well, I th- yeah, I think the technology has driven down costs in a number of areas. Um, and also, there's more features built into things, so you can get by with some of the tools that you already, already have. Um, w- I also think technology has become part of the business uh, decision making, and, and that's that's really important. So I sometimes tell lawyers when they're thinking about technologies and where they might use them is like, where are you writing time off right now? You know, because you're losing that money anyway. Um, and so we were just talking about communication and online conferencing, if you have a rural practice or you're working with people who are elderly, disabled, people with serious injuries, that online meeting potential really opens things up, especially if you're, if you're not charging people for, for your time uh, you know, to travel to where they are or you need to write off time, but it just makes it so much easier for them and, and they see you as somebody who's easy to work with. So again, simple technology, but you're kind of, now you're going to say, how do I, how does this work in my business and how can I help my clients and help myself at the same time? Because I think that online conferences is going to revolutionize uh, the rural practice. Well, you know, not just the rural practice because the use of video, we're seeing it. Uh, for example, advances in video technology are being used at mediations and other meeting settings. Tell us about uh, that. How does it work when someone wants to do that video conferencing to really avoid having having to have everybody fly to a to a specific destination. Well, there are, there are so many tools now. Like I so said, we can use Zoom, you can use Skype. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of things that are out there. There are some dedicated tools that are that are really interesting. So there may be some things that you you want to to have as an additional feature. Maybe like some extra security, some way to to chat between people on this the same side. You know, those sorts of things can be really helpful. You might want to have transcription happening. You want to might want to have closed captioning. You might want to have sure. trans translation. Translation, yeah. Yeah, all those things are happening. So I, I spent uh, the last twelve years uh, at Mastercard's in house legal department, and so I would say you know like almost all my meetings had become on video conferencing and they were around the world it was not so much a question of the the technology although we always did have the problem of somebody forgetting to put their phone on mute but it was like more how do you schedule meetings when you have participants all around the world i've seen those mastercard uh, scenarios where the all the rules are in such small print you can't read them that must have been your uh, <laughs> your element there anyway if you listen to the news lately uh, dennis data security is the number one concern, right, of, of so many people. How, uh, how, how can we assure clients that their correspondence is both confidential and secure? And uh, what's out there? What's available to make sure that those documents, when they're sent, are secure? 
Well, I've been thinking a lot about so there's this uh, the, the new ethical whether it's new or, or not is sometimes debated, but the ethical requirement of technology competence and, and it seems like to me the core of that should be cybersecurity. That if a lawyer really wants to distinguish himself or herself, they're going to be really good on security, and and that's almost something that I think you you could market that you're you know taking the extra steps. So I think there are uh, I always look at security confidentiality those things on a sliding scale so if I'm if I need to arrange a lunch meeting I don't really care like how encrypted that is or who you know that sort of thing but if I there's something super sensitive then I'm going to take extra steps it's sort of knowing the range of tools and I think at the core of it is you know do I encrypt documents which is now a lot easier to do uh, do I make that a standard practice and I might in a in a law practice um, and then also, how do I deliver that? So can I use a tool like Dropbox or Box or, you know, OneDrive or these things that are out there that make it super easy? Um, and they have their own security from the way that they're hosted by these big companies. Um, that's probably going to be better than what you can do on your own. But the key would then be... Uh, Within those systems, would I then encrypt those documents? And I think that that's that's sort of where we're moving to. So to me, encryption and confidentiality are starting to go hand in hand. And then also the cloud-based tools. The the one thing that uh, I still hear people talk about that that amazes me is uh, they will mail or FedEx USB drives uh, to each other with confidential information, um, which seems. Uh, really scary to me, but, uh, but it's, it's still a, a common practice. Yeah. It's a lot easier to pilfer that. And, uh, you know, you have DocuSign today too, where you can send documents and have them signed with certain encryptions and, uh, codes, passwords. Uh, that's really transformed a lot of the way, uh, a lot of the legal transactions take place today. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in a minute, right here on Ringler Radio. So we'll be back. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. This is Ringler Radio, brought to you from Ringler, the nation's leading provider of fair settlement solutions. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler advisors work with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. Everybody wins. Well, welcome back to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and glad you could join us. I'm here with our special guest, the nationally known legal technology and innovation advisor, Dennis Kennedy. So, Dennis, with new technology developing faster and faster, we still find individuals out there, and I'm sure you've seen them, who are resistant and even frightened about technology. So what's your view on this when we move down the road? How are we going to deal with the people that are really reluctant to use technology? Well, I think what happens is, uh, and, and it is a scary thing, because I, I think that the pace of change, uh, as people notice every day, is, is accelerating faster and faster. It's just been in the last couple of years where I felt, even as up-to-date as I try to keep with technology, it really is impossible to keep up-to-date with everything. So you, I think you have to be more selective in the things that you keep up with, delegate more, ask for more help. 
Um, it tends to help you. I would say with lawyers, you can actually learn a lot both from children or grandchildren if you have them and from elderly parents because they tend to be better users than, uh, than, <laughs> than some of us working uh, baby boomers are. So it's kind of like knowing, you know, picking some priorities. That's why I say cybersecurity to me is like a really easy thing to say. If I'm going to learn something, it's going to be that. Could be, you know, the online video thing, but kind of tie it to your business and say, um, I'm not going to throw up my hand and say I can't learn it. And that's always been a funny thing for me about lawyers, because since when I was in law school and working as a law clerk at a firm, you know, people would come in and say, I have this legal question. And the lawyer would say, I do not know anything about it. And they would tell the client, you know, usually after like a little bit of research, oh, yeah, I can totally handle that. Um, and so that's the approach. You, I always saw lawyers take this tremendous confidence, except when it comes to technology, they totally freak out. And so part of the times when I speak about technology, it's kind of like reassuring people and patting them on the back and say like, hey, look, this is, you know, one step at a time. Pick the things that, that help you. Don't think you have to master everything because at this point, nobody can. Exactly. Although it's funny, my 95-year-old grandmother, uh, not grandmother, my 95-year-old mother-in-law, uh, she's really into, into technology. She has a computer. She goes online. Although she called my wife the other day saying somehow she hit the wrong button and ordered five pillows. So we had to figure out how to get, get them back, get her a refund. So what's your reaction to those people out there who may like technology, but they also value what they call a face-to-face -face meeting? That they say there's, and you heard, you've heard this, I'm sure, there's nothing like good old-fashioned personal you know, attention, personal connection. Yeah, I think that uh, I think there's always going to be truth in that. And again, in my experience at Mastercard, where we had sort of like the 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 Cadillac, not to date myself by using that analogy, the Cadillac of video conferencing systems, um, it really felt with these big screens, it felt like you were in the same room with people, and it would be weird because you would want to like whisper something to somebody who was in the New York office because it looked like they were in the in the same room. So I think that you can, in some cases, uh, have a good experience, all video. But yeah, there is a point where you have to, where you say, um, I would say, especially in initial meetings, there may be like an important, you know, conference or a negotiation or face to face still makes sense. But um, I think people are starting to evaluate that because you say to get people into the same room at the same time is actually can be a major production uh, and expensive production. So um, I think we're always trying to, you know, say what makes us what makes things more human and less automated. Uh, and, you know, we we're still trying to figure it out. But I, but I think that it is a combination and, and just realizing where it makes sense, you know, and I, the thing I mentioned to you before was like, Dear working with somebody who has a terrible, let's say, a back injury or something like that, then the fact that you can meet with them and in a face-to-face -face way online without them, without you going to them or them trying to come to you is, is a huge benefit. No, no question about that. And, you know, it's, it's got to be impacting the airline industry, for example, those industries that fly people to the destination so they can meet. And uh, I remember that commercial on TV, I think it was for United Airlines, where the boss comes in, the new boss, he's handing out tickets because he wants the uh, the people that work for him to go visit the customer. You know, that's the new, the new paradigm in his mind. So we're going to see those conflicts 
arising all through this technology advance. You know, some some industries are going to be hurt by it, and others are going to be helped substantially by it. And if you look at the work work from home phenomenon too, so you get yeah. like, oh, I want to arrange this meeting to go to, you know, my client's office or this company's office, and you realize like everybody works from home, and they have like a little <laughs> rental space that people check into like yeah. once a week or something. So I think everybody listening to this broadcast <laughs> is going to have a, a, an ability to relate to that for sure. So one last question, Dennis, before we say goodbye, and that is this, that, you know, now we're in the realm of self-driving cars and uh, voice-activated devices in our houses and, you know, smart doorbells. Look into your crystal ball, and what do you see out there in the future for legal tech? What's down the road that we might not even be thinking about, we who don't really delve in that field like you do? So there's there's two big areas. And so one I'll call data. And by data, I'm going to include artificial intelligence in that. So we're saying we have all this data out there. And how is that going to change the practice of law? So it can be things that are predictive. It can uh, give us analytical information, uh, you know, those, those sorts of things. And then we're also moving to a world, especially with location data, where the idea that lawyers are looking at documents and emails only is just going to be ludicrous, you know. Uh, so I teach a class. I was talking to students about if you were in a car accident um, and your attorney said, well, we looked at the police report. Uh, which maybe you didn't contribute to because you were knocked unconscious. And then and we looked at email and we decided that you were at fault. And you would go, well, wait, the airbag went off. I know there are black boxes in there. There's going to be information from both cars. What do you mean that you only looked at email and documents? And so uh, the, and that gets to that technology competence notion. So data is one. And then there's this other notion, and this comes from MasterCard, is the notion of platforms. And so you can think of cloud computing and things like that. But I think the way that we start to combine technologies together, and I'll use the example of the, uh, the smart refrigerator that lets you uh, order things, have them delivered, pay for them all in one place. And you start to say, well, who, what is the product? Who owns that product? And really, isn't it sort of like 15 things that are all working together seamlessly? And so I think that notion of law moving from you know, less of a one-to-one -one thing to like a multiple-party platform, I think is is really one of the most interesting ways that uh, technology will impact the law in the next few years. No question about it. And I think I'm going to not tell my mother-in-law about that uh, automated refrigerator. We'll, leave, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll let her use the old-fashioned kind. <laughs> right. Well, Dennis, this has been great. If someone wanted to get in hold of you or get in touch with you, how would they do that? So the best way for me is always uh, www.denniskennedy.com. The easiest way to get to me. I'm really active on LinkedIn um, and happy for people to connect uh, with me there. Twitter, I'm at Dennis Kennedy and the email is dmk at denniskennedy.com. And what about your podcast? How can people listen to that? Well, it's on the Legal Talk Network. It's called the Kennedy Mile Report. We like to call it a uh, podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. And we we really try to push the envelope of what new technologies are and what will be the very practical impacts of those on lawyers and others. Terrific. So in case you're a first-time listener, and hopefully you're not, you hopefully have been listening for a while, but in case you are, you know you can find every Ringler Radio show on ringlerassociates.com, ringlerradio.com, 
LegalTalkNetwork.com. Or you can go to iTunes, where you can download the shows at your leisure and listen whenever you want. So with that, Dennis, I want to say thank you very much for being a great guest. Thank you. Terrific. And for all the rest of you there, go have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating more than a decade of podcasting and over 2 million listeners. Think of Ringler, the objective settlement advisors with more than 140 consultants in 60 cities nationwide. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.